Welcome to the Brian Eisenhower podcast, the show that goes deep into the strategies and systems that the highest producing agents, teams, and broker managers in North America use to propel their businesses forward. I'm your host, Brian Eisenhower, and I'm so excited that you're here today. You know, while you're here, I also want to personally invite you to join the fastest growing Facebook group for top performing real estate professionals. It's called the Real Estate Agent Roundtable. So be sure to join there and join in the conversation with all the most elite in the industry. You know, since I'm the founder of one of the largest real estate coaching and training companies in the world, people are always asking me, why do you give all of your secrets away on the podcast? Aren't you worried that people will just take all that knowledge and not use your coaching and training services at all? And I always respond to them by saying, you know, look at it like taking a test drive before you buy a car. After all, we consistently provide you value through our free content. And if we do that, and you do get value, won't you eventually start to feel more comfortable about coaching with a member of our team of elite coaches or subscribing to our real estate training systems and services? Isn't it also what real estate agents are supposed to be doing when they consistently and repeatedly market to the people in their spheres of influence? They add value and come from contribution with the hopes that people in their database will ultimately become more comfortable with the agent and choose to work with the agent. Plus, knowledge isn't always king. Highly successful agents and leaders know that implementation and accountability are where the magic really happens with regards to their success. Top performers are self-aware of this fact, which is why they all have coaches and training systems for their businesses. They're leaving you all the clues. It's just up to you to pick them up. And we trust that over time you eventually will. But for now, sit back, relax, and in the meantime, Enjoy this episode of the Brian Eisenhower Podcast. Hey guys, it's Brian Eisenhower. Welcome to the show today. Today we're going to talk about a very important topic in real estate, and that's how agents should forecast real estate sales in a slow market. And boy, is this an important one. As many of you know, we, we run one of the largest coaching and consulting companies uh, in North America. So, you know, we we have a lot of experience with a lot of the, the highest producing agents, teams, brokerage owners. And there are many times, there should be throughout your career, where real estate sales decline. I mean, it, you know, in most places, there's a seasonality issue where every winter, let's say, sales decline. In some areas that summer, you know, in very humid, hot areas, most areas, you know, they have snow or they have cold weather and and, and sales tend to decline in the winter months. But it can also happen for other reasons, right? It can happen from increasing interest rates. You know, rapidly rising rates can kind of polarize temporarily the market and slow people down and make them wait. Can be black swan events, you know, events where 9-11 did that. We saw the COVID pandemic do that. Uh, the Oklahoma City bombing did that to that specific geographic region. National Natural disasters do that. Hurricanes, earthquakes, flooding, fires. All of those, you know, those are a little bit more localized, but those can actually really sharply impact sales. And, you know, in real estate, you know, we're a commission-based industry and, and we all as real estate agents run our own business. So it's really important that we know what to do when that occurs. And we're prepared for when that occurs because it will occur. You will have moments when sales dramatically slow. You know, like I said, in most places it happens on a seasonal basis too. Because if you don't do that, 
you know, number one, if you're not prepared for that, you're going to react every single time it happens. And for many people, that's every single year. And that's not a good business owner that all of a sudden we're hiring and or we're spending money on marketing and then we can't afford it every single winter. Now we're worried, we're broke, we have no money, we're living paycheck to paycheck. So all of a sudden we, we make very rash decisions every December, January, February, let's say, or every time you know, we have one of these events that, that slows sales. And that's not a steady, stable business. You'll never go very far. You'll, you'll just ride that real estate roller coaster up and down, up and down. It's exhausting. It's tiring. It's stressful. It's why 87% of real estate agents don't stay in the business longer than five years. That's right. 87% don't make it more than five years. It's that stress. They will actually leave the business and go to a job that pays them a third as much and that makes them show up every day, 40 hours a week, just to hide from that stress. And that's usually because they don't know how to forecast. Um, and when you forecast, and it doesn't take much either. And we're going to tell you how to do that today because it's very simple to understand how to get through those low you know, either low inventory or low interest rate or, or low sales volume gaps to make it to the other side. And we see this at every level. It's not just individual agents that are learning. We see this at leadership levels where, you know, sales drop for a short period of time and all of a sudden they're laying off staff and we're breaking leases and, you know, we're making huge decisions that impact the makeup of what our business is going to look like for the next, you know, 20 years, all because we weren't prepared or have knowledge about how to get through this gap. Okay. So before I, I tell you how to forecast, I, I do want to make sure, you know, forecasting will also tell you how to capitalize your business. We always want to build up reserves in our business. Okay. You know, famous financial advisors like Dave Ramsey, who's probably the most conservative out there, will tell you, you should have six months of reserves at all times of cash. That's a lot. That's a lot. There's a lot of people that would argue that's too much and you should have that money invested working for you, not just sitting somewhere in a liquid account. But that's okay. If that gives you peace of mind and that keeps you in the business and keeps you successful, then do it. We have lots of clients that do that. Some will say you should have two months. That's probably the minimum, you know, two months reserves, but somewhere between two to six months of reserves. And what a reserve is, is your operating expenses, whatever it takes you to get through a month and pay all your bills in your business. And if you're just a sole proprietor, solo agent, you know, we want to look at your whole household expenses at least. And we need to have that much in reserve in the account. So we, so if we do have one of these events or, or periods, you can get through that period because your business is capitalized. You have plenty of capital in the bank. So you don't have to make rash decisions living paycheck to paycheck. That's kind of crazy. When sales slow, it'd be terrible to go to McDonald's and all of a sudden they're, they're shut down because they couldn't afford to pay their people for two weeks. Businesses like that carry cash. They have capital, right? So very important that your business stay in operation and you don't just react to everything that occurs because you're running way too lean. That's true at every level in real estate, every level in business, really. Every, you know, any industry, this applies, okay? And what will end up happening is when you do react like that and you say, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. You know, sales are down. I got to cut. Yeah. You know, a prudent businessman doesn't necessarily have to do that. You're going to see the, the people that don't have to do that are the ones saying I was ready. You know, there's three little pigs and I'm the one that built my house out of bricks because I don't have to cut any muscle. Now, I do want you to cut fat, 
right? We definitely want to cut out the fat, right? Especially in lean times. If, if we're not getting a big return from something or from someone, then I'd cut it out, right? If we're not getting a return on that investment, and, and be, you know, we need to we need to be diligent in determining that, not just going off of emotion. So we, we should be looking at some sort of number there. <laughs> number two, cutting muscle is, you know, usually anything that has to do with growth, right? You know, so people will do that, like marketing. Well, that's what brings us business. That's what's going to get us out of this. So why are we cutting marketing? That's growth. You know, cutting personnel, you know, because we're typically trying to grow to get to a point where we don't have to do everything ourselves and 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 we have other people to help the business grow. It leverages us so we can continue to grow. You cut people out now, we go backwards a lot faster. So be very careful when you cut growth. I mean, people will cut real estate coaches, people, you know, they're the ones that help you keep you focused on growth. And they'll literally just circle the wagons and go way back. And that's very tough. You start all the way over and that's the real. So you go to this bottom low, right? And you see it. I want to go back in production. I got to get back to the basis. And to some degree you do when sales slow, but boy, be careful. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and just throw your whole business under the bus because you had to react to market conditions. We want to respond not react. You know, react is just emotional. That's just quick and hasty. And oh my gosh, I have stress. I'm going to get rid of it by cutting everything. That's not a business person. That's not a business person. We respond by looking for any fat and, and cutting back and then seeing different ways we can grow to generate income as well too. And then we forecast, what's it going to take to get out of this? That's the key. And when you do that, when you when you know your numbers and you're able to forecast, it gives us lots of confidence. Like, I'm going to get through this and a lot of my competitors aren't. That's the key. But you must know your numbers and you must have the ability to forecast. So that's what I'm going to tell you about today. I want to talk to you about how you can forecast through a slow market. So you can actually know what it's going to take to get through and bridge that gap to the point where we get sales again. And so for these purposes, I'm going to just, I'm going to use an example, a hypothetical. I'm going to use seasonality as our issue since that happens the most frequently, right? Um, you, you couple seasonality with low inventory and low interest rates. Well, now we got a, a really big slowdown, right? But I'm just going to talk about seasonality for this point too, because it applies, right? So you'll see people do this in January and February. Those are the two slowest months of the year. And they really struggle through them. March often is slow too, at least from an income perspective, because you're typically not closing a lot yet in March. The harvest season in real estate typically is going to be, you know, late May, June, July, even into August sometimes. That's when all your closings happen. You're showing property maybe starting in March a lot and April a lot, starting to list property, but it isn't those closings don't happen until later in the summer. And that's when our confidence comes back, right? You know, it's when we don't need to spend money in, in marketing and don't have time to hire people because we're so busy showing, listing, closing, you know. So it's unfortunate that we, we cut when we need it. And then we get the confidence back to spend the money when we don't need it or have the time. So, it, it, you know, again, that's that roller coaster and it's that panic attack that causes so many people to quit. So we have to be able to forecast. So here's how we do it. First of all, we got to run a business by numbers. So we got to know those numbers, right? So here are the numbers I want us to, to first of all know, okay? You don't need to see this uh, for those of you that are just listening. The first thing we need to know is we need to know our pending sales, right? That's the most important thing. I think that's kind of obvious because then we can actually forecast closings that we have within the next 30, let's say, or 45 days, right? So that's all of the properties we've got under contract pending. We have offer and acceptance. 
And we, we basically have closing dates established, you know, under contract. So we know, you know, barring any crazy events, when those are going to close. So we know when cash flow is coming in. So we definitely want to know that. And we want to know how much commission we're going to earn there. Then we're going to be able to see, okay, we've got some cash flow coming in. We do know, hopefully, you know, that you've got someone instructing you on, on, on knowing your operating expenses. If not, please, guys, get a coach just for a short period of time so you can start running the business end of your operations, um, show someone how to manage your budget. It's very simple. It's very easy. It's something we do in the coaching business like crazy because it's times like these, you got to know what your operating expenses are. It's real easy to track, very easy to monitor. I don't care how screwed up your finances are and all that. Everybody's are. Everybody's got different jobs, different incomes, and they collude everything. Don't worry, get rid of all your excuses and just let a coach help you sort it out. Doesn't take long at all. So managing your budget and your profit and loss and your cash flow statements are very, very easy. So we know how much your operating expenses are. Then we know how many pendings we have closing coming in and we can look at the difference in the shortage of how much money we've got or need or how much money we have and, and we're gonna cover barely. That gives us confidence too, right? That's number one, okay? Is look at your pendings first. That's pretty obvious. Okay, so I'm gonna take a quick break to talk to you all about something I'm really excited about. This year's ICC Summit is happening in San Diego at the Paradise Point Resort on its own island, surrounded by beaches in the middle of San Diego's beautiful Mission Bay. I mean, could there be a better venue? We have the entire resort and island to ourselves. And one thing that makes the ICC Summit so special are all of the great people that will be there. That's what I always hear after one of our summits. They always say, man, I met some great people too. Networking and new friendships are formed and unlike most real estate conference, the mastermind sessions at the ICC Summit are exciting, fast paced and led by many of North America's top producing agents, team leaders and broker managers, not to mention our team of elite coaches and some well-known industry leaders too. We also believe in an interactive and participatory environment and that that provides the richest learning experience out there for our attendees. No boring keynote speeches here. It's a high powered three day event, September 6th through 9th, 2023. You can register today at ICCSummit2023.com. That's ICCSummit2023.com. You can find that link in the podcast description too. Register today and use the promo code PODCAST for $100 off your registration fee. So I hope to see you all in San Diego. And now let's get back to the podcast. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to look at your listing inventory too. And that's why having some sort of pipeline chart, like the one I am showing you right now, it's real simple. It's a real basic old one that I've had forever. I think I think my coaches use better ones, but I'm, I'm the old guy on the block and I like to pull out the ones that I'm comfortable to, but some sort of inventory pipeline where we can look at your pendings, your listing inventories, and your buyer's inventories is awesome. So the first thing we're going to look at is your active listings, right? Because those are going to close next, right? Anything that we've got active up on the market that hasn't sold yet, you know, we know those are probably going to be, you know, 30 to 60, depending on, you know, the price points and, and, you know, your local market and how much inventory there are to 90 days out. Right. So you're going to be somewhere in that 30 to 90 day range before a listing closes because we got to, you know, it's up on the market and we got to get offers and negotiated and all that. So that's your active listings. 
And then we're going to look at your listings that we have agreement signed on that are waiting to go active for whatever reason, you know, waiting for a certain time or someone until they're ready. So that's the next part we track in your pipeline. Those are going to be a little further out, right? So those might be at the, you know, depending on when we've, we're deciding on putting those live, it could be 60, 90, even 100, 120 days out before those goes live. So we actually want to, we can actually track that of when that income's coming in as well too. And then lastly, on the pipeline, we're going to look at our real strong listing leads that we're pretty sure that we know are going to want to sell this year. Okay. So there are people that we know want to sell. That's hopefully what we've been doing all winter long or during the slow period is getting a bunch of listing leads of people that want to sell once they get confidence, once they, they know the prices have stabilized, once they know the interest rates are right, once they find a house that they want to move into, you know, once the kids get out of school, you name it, they, you know, there's tons of excuses. I don't need to tell you that, but these are listing leads. We need, we know people that want to sell, but just haven't signed anything yet because they're just not ready yet. That's going to push us out a little bit further, but if we have a big enough pipeline, we know a certain percentage of those. And I always say use a third of them are going to actually list. And again, those are a little further out because we got to go meet with them, get the listing agreement signed, do any work to the house, get it staged, maybe get photos taken. So, you know, those are probably going to be, we don't count on that income, you know, until 75, 125 days out. So those are a little bit further down to help bridge a gap through a slow market, okay? So we got to look at that on the listing side, okay? So we're going to start with your active listings. Those are up sooner, right? You know, typically your 30 to 60 day, and then your listing agreement sign waiting to go active. That's going to be a little further out, you know, depending on when we're agreed to go on the market. You'll know that on a case-by-case basis based on each listing. You know, that could be anywhere from 60 to 90 to 100 days. And then, of course, your listing leads. We don't have agreement signed, but we're waiting on something. They're an A lead, so we, they're hot. We know they're going to go, hopefully with us. And those, again, I'd usually say look at a third of those that will go with you this year. And we're going to push those out a little bit further, right? Those are typically going to be that, you know, 75, 90 to, to 125 day period out there too. Okay. So that's the next thing we want to look at. So we're going to go through all those. And then lastly, we're going to go through your buyer inventory pipeline, right? And there's just two parts there we got to look at. Okay. The first one, we want to look at everybody that we know that's actively looking. Hopefully, you're getting buyer agency agreements signed with them all. I often call those buyer listings. Um, these are people that are looking with you. You are comfortable and confident, hopefully contractually obligated to buy with you. If not, at least you, you know, you've got that, you know, social guilt thing going that I hate to rely on or make you really start to hate people when they buy with somebody else. But again, that's the end of my my soapbox on getting buyer agency agreements signed. But these are people that are hot leads that you are looking with that you know are going to buy soon, okay? So we want to take a look at those. And again, those, is, you know, typically it depends on the inventory available in your market. But if you are, if we're using my seasonality example, you know, usually a lot of homes start to hit the market in the early spring. So we can kind of gauge that depending on where we're at. But typically we can gauge on, you know, March and April that we're going to start to find some houses that they get active on. So it's very important we condition those buyers to know to get aggressive in a low inventory market, even, you know, despite interest rates, despite financial insecurity or whatever in the, in the economy that, you know, they make strong offers because it doesn't mean that there's lots of listings hitting the market or anything. Um, if there's not many listings, there's going to be competition. So they need to make strong offers or they're not going to get what they want. So really important we start gauging that 
and we know when our buyers are going to start to see inventory. So typically, you know, depending on where we are, that that's the key. So you got to look at the calendar month on that one primarily. But again, you know, you're usually looking at least 60 to 90 days out on buyers because we got to find them a house, got to get the offer accepted. Hopefully there's not a huge learning curve and have to write multiple offers on multiple houses before they learn to write strong offers. That's why we need to condition them and have buyer consultation appointments where we sit down and show them all the market data like we teach all our clients to do. So that's number one. And number two, it's people, buyers that aren't as strong. We don't have a buyer agency agreement signed yet. They're actively looking. We're probably sending them listing e-alert emails. They are interested. We know they want to buy this year, but something, similar reasons that we talked about on the listing side is holding them up as well. So, you know, we're going to push them out a little further, right? So those are typically going to be, you know, 90 day to a half a year. So, you know, 90 days to, you know, we're going to go out six months possibly on some of those. So in, in that range, I would take a close look case by case on those hot buyer leads and we can start to see. So once we do that, so we've gone through your pendings, we've gone through your listing inventory pipelines, and then we've gone through your buyer inventory pipeline. And I told you the listing inventory, we're going to look at your active listings, your listings that are signed waiting to go active, and your hot listing leads that have not signed anything yet. And then in your buyer inventory, we're going to look at your buyers that we have under contract in a buyer agency agreement, or at least are super hot. We know they're going to go with them. And your active buyer leads that want to buy this year. Okay. So once we put all of those, that's six different categories, if you count the pendings in there too, we put all those together and we're going to look and see, okay, we can estimate and forecast how much commission income is. And typically you're going to look at your median home price. You could look at the actual speculative prices that you think that each one of these guys is going to buy at. You, you have that information and you could actually you know, take your average commission amount and really forecast down tight. And what this does for you, it actually shows you, okay, I should have this much commission coming in. This is called forecasting, guys. Businesses do it all the time. Um, you turn on CNBC, you're going to see them projecting and forecasting and people buy and sell stock based on in different companies based on their projections, you know, based on their forecast. So it's real important that that we get that and we understand that. And we break those things down because that's what's going to give you the confidence to not fire everybody and take your whole business and change your whole goals. You see that all the time. You see people just like they have these goals, like I want to make this much money so I don't have to work as hard and spend more time with my family or traveling or whatever the heck I want to do with my life or you know maybe just developing or something else, whatever that is. And then you just throw all that out the window and just say, I got to, you know, screw all this. I'm just going to cut all this. And I'm going to go back to working hard and I'm going to live lean. And they just completely abandon all of their goals in their life because they react too fast. They panic. They look at the money in the bank account and they say it's down. And they just have no idea what their numbers are. They just try to, you know, kind of like lick their finger and put it up in the air and see which way the wind's blowing and make decisions. They're just not business people decisions at all. We have to look at how much income we got coming in, look at our operating experience, uh, operating expenses over that period of time. We should know how much it is per month to keep the boat afloat. If not, just look in your, you know, your bank card, you know, you know, look, you know, take a look at it real quick and see how much it costs, you know, every single month. It's real simple guys. I'll just tell you, line out all your expenses, you know, everything you pay. I mean, 
you know, for your business. If you're just a solo practitioner running by yourself, I mean, what's your mortgage, all that kind of stuff, line out all the big bills you pay. Look at your credit card and your bank card. Take a minute, take you 30 minutes, an hour. I'm not asking you to dig a ditch or go out and, and pour concrete. I, I'm just saying sit down in front of your computer with a cup of coffee and take a look at how many expenses are every single month, right? Then you can see how much, you know, how, how big your nut is. You've got to crack every single month. And you're going to start to see, okay, that's how much it takes. And here's how much I got coming in. So here's how, here's what I need to do to bridge the gap. You know, maybe I can delay some payments for two months. Maybe I can shorten things for two months. Maybe I can, you know, have a staff member go part-time just for three months, you know, without firing and slashing and all these different things. Maybe there's lots of things I can do just to bridge the gap as opposed to making huge, drastic decisions. Then I can confidently put my head down because I can think on the offense like a growth-minded leader would. That's like, hey, if I just had two or three more commissions in February, March, and April, let's say, I might make it to May and that's the gravy train. May's a big, big sales month, right? So lots of closings start to happen then. So maybe I just put my head down and try to generate, you know, two new buyers and one new listing between now and then. And that bridges the gap because we can start to see where those numbers line up. That's the important thing, right? The other thing I want to make sure we take a look at there too is oftentimes as agents, we coach this a lot too, especially this is going to be usually the larger teams or the, or, or the broker owners, you know, they need to have ancillary income coming in, right? And this is something we coach and train at ICC a lot. You'll hear a lot of other agents, teams, brokerages talk vanity numbers. Like we do 2000 units or I push this much sales volume or we have this many agents and those are neat. They are, and they're good. And, they're, and they're, there is a correlation between profitability and those numbers. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we want to know those numbers. However, the real key is net profit. And net profit, I mean, that's what's going to give you your sanity. And that's what's going to make you hit your goals. That's what's going to give you your lifestyle back, your balance back, all that kind of stuff. So to do that, we want to diversify your income streams and make it not just around the sales. So once you start to generate a lot of sales, you start to command and you can bring in income from, from lenders, from mortgage. You can bring in incomes from things like insurance, from property management, from title. So you start to actually have people either, pay, either paying you marketing service agreements or getting in joint ventures with them or opening up your own companies. There's a bunch of different ways to do that. Whether you're a broker owner or running a large real estate team, or you happen to be a high, really high producing agent, solo agent even can do it. Luxury agents certainly can do it, where they actually have income coming in from these other sources. You'll see that all the time. And there's ways to do it perfectly legally, healthily. So they'll help you bridge that gap when there's not income coming in from sales. They'll push you through it. So it's really important we diversify. And this is why people say, I don't want to do it. I'm just too busy with this other stuff. This is when people that have diversified are very happy. It's in the slow times, right? It's in the winter months. It's, it's when these black swan events occur. Same thing's true with knowing your numbers. Like if we don't track and maintain our pipelines for our listings, buyers, and pendings, like we talked about, if you don't know those numbers, you may not need it when you're rolling the gravy train in the harvest season and spring and summer, but when things slow down, you're going to really wish you had them. So now is a great time to actually use the motivation of knowing this to get it all together and then maintain them. It doesn't take you more than, I mean, again, not asking you to dig a ditch here. Know your numbers. It's a business. You got to run it and you're a business owner. You may you know, work for somebody else or something, but you run your own business. You pay your own taxes. Trust me. So you need to operate like one and you need to know your numbers, right? 
So we do need to have a budget. We do need to have a profit loss. And we, we do need to know our pipelines. So we see our immediate income income for moments just like this, right? A slow moment, low inventory, low interest rates, seasonality, whatever you got going on in your market. We got to know and we got to be able to forecast. So I hope that helps, guys. Do know your numbers, run your business. And, and please get a coach if you don't know how to do that, at least for a short period of time to set all that up for you and, and run it. It's uh, EisenhowerCoaching.com. That's I-C-E-N-H-O-W-E-R.com. Hope this helps, gang. Can't wait to see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Brian Eisenhower Podcast. You can learn more about ICC at EisenhowerCoaching.com. That's I-C-E-N-H-O-W-E-R.com. You can also enroll in one of our many online courses at ICCOnlineLearningCenter.com. That's ICCOnlineLearningCenter.com, where you'll find the most expansive real estate training library in the industry. We also offer custom training portals for real estate teams and brokerages looking to give all of their agents access to our expansive course list of courses and training systems. Some companies even take it one step further by purchasing versions of our courses and systems that are white label branded to their specific real estate organizations. Also, be sure to subscribe to Eisenhower Coaching's YouTube channel to watch new video content that we put out each and every week. And again, be sure to join the fastest growing Facebook group for top performing real estate professionals by searching for the Real Estate Agent Roundtable Group. With all of that said, thank you again for joining us today and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Brian Eisenhower Podcast.